Thank you, City Sound Worship, for these amazing moments together. If it's your first time here at LexCity.tv, welcome. You can find more information on our church by clicking on I'm new at LexCity.info. Don't forget, middle school and high school students out there, join us Wednesdays online for Lex City Youth at yth.online.church and follow our TikTok. It's like this, right? That's how they do it. And kids, we have Kid City Live now on demand, releasing every Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, and at kidcity.live. Well, over the past few weeks, teams from our church have stepped out to serve people in our community. From providing food for people who needed assistance, to partnering with local restaurants to serve lunches to children, our resources have had a positive impact on our community. I actually got to take my family, along with our Zoom group, which by the way, just started eight weeks ago. Some people I had never met in person before, we all got to serve together at Arbor Youth Services last week to do some yard work for them, and the team there was so grateful for our church. Friends, it's through your generosity that we are able to provide ministries and make an impact in our city. If you'd like to give to Lex City Church today, we've made it really simple. Head to lexcity.info and click on Give and fill out some simple information. If you'd like to give regularly, set the occurrence to regularly to keep our church moving forward and reaching people for Jesus. Thank you, church. We are truly better together. Well, today, let's join Pastor Brian as we kick off a new five-week series called The New Normal. I wanted to start our time today out here looking over our empty parking lot. It's kind of sad and kind of depressing, and I hope it's the last time in the history of our church that this parking lot is ever this empty. But you know what? We know that even though this brick and mortar and these parking lots, this is not the church. This location is the epicenter where the family meets. It's the family table, and we have missed not having you around the table. But today, I'm excited to share with you some exciting news that we are going to be reopening our physical campus on Thursday, May 21st, and on Sunday, May 24th. And I know that's exciting news that we're going to get a chance to get together as you feel comfortable. And I know you have lots of questions and want to know all the details. So a little later in my sermon, I'm going to post a link that's going to give you all the details about this reopening. Now, I'm going to post it a little bit later in the sermon because for all of you multitaskers, I know the moment I post it, you're going to spend the whole time reading that rather than listening to the sermon. And I'm already competing with TikTok and I'm losing poorly. And so I'll give that to you just a little bit later. But you know, the moment we walk through those doors, it will be a new normal. In the present, we're going to experience things like social distancing. We'll have masks available for those that would like them. And beyond that, I think we have experienced a significant cultural shift in our country. Beyond that, I think even as we think about ministry, we are going to look at doing ministry different after this than we did before. You know, one of the great blessings of this pandemic has been this, that we have literally had thousands of folks who have joined us every weekend for services. Many of those outside of Lexington, Kentucky, some even outside of the U.S. And we just want to say to you that have been joining us, we're so grateful. Thanks for the privilege of inviting us into your homes during this time. We've seen over this time, again, the value and the impact of a digital presence. We've seen many come to know Christ. Some have joined us in the mission of our church through giving for the very first time. And many of us, we've just joined together to celebrate and worship through times of worship as we draw closer to the heart of God. This has been an exciting time. And I just want to encourage you that we're going to continue with our digital presence, even in the new normal. In fact, we're going to enhance it and begin to put more emphasis that we can continue to minister to you wherever you are and where you find yourself today. 
So the question really comes, in this new day, how do we live in this new normal? How does God want to leverage and use this in our lives in these new days to come? Well, as you can imagine, we're, we're not the first people in human history who have had our lives disrupted by something different. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take a closer look at the nation of Israel, who had their lives disrupted, who had the normal changed and transformed into the new normal, and how they responded to that. We're going to see that God used that in a mighty way, and I just want to encourage you this way. Without the new normal, I think of the nation of Israel, they would have stayed in their normal for another 400 years, and that was far less than God's best for their lives. And I think the same is true to you. I want to propose to you today that it may take a new normal to break you out of your existing normal to allow you to experience God's best for your life. And because of that, I'm excited about the days to come. So rather than in these days, rather than fear this, rather than avoid it, rather than deny it, I want to encourage us to embrace it. Let's embrace what God wants to do in us and through us in this new day, in this new time. The nation of Israel experienced this, and Isaiah, back in Isaiah chapter 43, reminds them that this is what they should do. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Do you not see it? I'm moving in the new normal. I'm creating a way in the wilderness. Let's pray together this morning as we start. Your Father, today we feel like we're beginning the new stages of this new normal. And Lord, can I just take a moment to confess that this creates at times some unrest in my heart, a longing for the comfort of the known, the safety of the shore. But growth and transformation and innovation don't happen in the comfort of the harbor. So Lord, today as a church, as a people, we want to embrace the journey that is before us. To learn to trust the heart of the captain and your hand that it is firmly on the wheel. So Lord, we ask today as we begin that you would teach us. That you would comfort us and that you would challenge us. In your name, amen. So as we walk through these doors, let the excitement overcome the fear. Let the expectation for what is next drown out the desire for what has been in the past. It's a new day. It's a new normal. And I'm excited to take this journey with you. Well, here we are at our auditorium. And so just in case you have forgotten what this place looks like, come join me. Here we are. You can see we've got lots of room for you. Social distancing will not be a problem. Come join us when you feel comfortable. Well, if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 14, the second book in the Bible, Genesis, then Exodus. If you got your devices, turn them on and go to lexcity.info. Again, all the sermon notes are there and really all the information about things that are happening in our church, you can find all there at lexcity.info. Well, in just case you're not familiar with the story of the children of Israel, I want to take you back, give you some context and some background that will lead us into our teaching today in Exodus chapter 14. The book of Exodus it's the second book of the Bible, and it picks up the storyline from the previous book, Genesis, which ended with Abraham's grandson, Jacob, leading his large family of 70 people down to Egypt. Now, Jacob's 11th son, Joseph, had been elevated to second in command over Egypt, and he had saved his whole family in a famine. And so Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, offered the family to come live there as a safe haven. And so eventually Jacob dies there in Egypt, and Joseph and all his brothers do too. 
About 400 years pass, and the story of the Exodus begins. But the new pharaoh does not view Israel as a blessing. He actually thinks this growing Israelite immigrant group is a threat to his power. And so just as in Genesis, humanity rebels against God's blessing, so here Pharaoh attempts to destroy the source of God's blessing, the Israelites. He brutally enslaves them in forced labor, and then he orders that all the Israelite boys be drowned in the Nile River. Now, Pharaoh, he is the worst character in the Bible so far. His kingdom epitomizes humanity's rebellion against God. Pharaoh has so redefined good and evil according to his own interests that even the murder of innocent children has become good to him. And so Egypt has become worse than Babylon from the book of Genesis. And so now Israel cries out for help against this new Babylon, and God responds. But Pharaoh, because of his pride and rebellion, he loses his own son. And he's compelled to finally let the Israelites go free. And so the Israelite slaves make their exodus from Egypt. But no sooner do they leave that Pharaoh changes his mind. And he gathers his army and chases after the Israelites for a final showdown. So this is where we pick up our story in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? I love this part. Didn't we tell you that this would happen and we would, while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. God, I don't like, here's what they're saying. I don't like the new normal. Take me back to what I know. It's an interesting thing in our, in our human nature, in our psyche. This is what tends to be true with all of us. When you are uncertain, you reach for what is familiar, right? When we're uncertain, we reach for what is familiar. And what's crazy is even if that thing that is familiar is unhealthy, we reach back forward. Uh, here's the children of Israel. They're crying out saying, we wish we could go back to being slaves. That was the normal. And what do they say? What's their examples? Oh, at least at the normal, we had food. Moses wants to say, are you kidding me? You had only enough food that Pharaoh gave you so you could produce bricks for him today. Oh, but at least we knew the normal was we knew where we would be buried. Moses says, are you kidding me? You'd be buried in a foreign country. You'd be buried away from the promised land. But see, they loved the normal. Why? Because the normal was predictable. Get up. Make bricks. Repeat. Get up. Make bricks. 400 years of what is predictable. And an interesting thing begins to happen in the hearts and the minds of the nation of Israel. What was once confining had now become comfortable. Suffering was now turning into the thing that was safe. Bondage, in a weird way, was now in their minds becoming a, a blessing. The nothingness of their life was now the new normal. And we do the same. Isn't it interesting? The thing that we were complaining about three months ago is the thing that we now are longing for back in our lives. Oh, I wish we could get back to that. And yet we were just like the children of Israel, complaining about those things. Here's the big point for today that I want us to really wrestle with this. If we cling to the safety of the normal, we'll we will always miss the blessing of the new, right? We see it all the way back to Exodus 14. And we're experiencing it now in 2020. If we cling to the safety of the normal, we will miss the blessing of the new. 
Remember your New Year's resolutions for 2020 or even just how you were thinking about how this year would be different simply five months ago, right? It, if I just had more time with my family, it would be great. I'm finding that my job is consuming. It's taking up all my energy. The best of my life is getting absorbed there. If I had more time, I could finish that home project that I've been talking about for months. You know, if I just if I could just start walking in the evening, if I have some margin in my life to get a little healthier and walk in the evenings, I would love to do that. I'm gonna read my first book this year or I'm really gonna connect with my oldest child in a new and a fresh way. My life could just slow down. In 2020, I, I wanna plan a new direction, a new purpose, a new emphasis. I wanna find myself in a new and fresh way. I just wanna get out of the rat race. Five months ago, those were the thoughts. Just like the children of Israel, when change comes, we tend to cry out for what is predictable and what we had experienced. Like the nation of Israel, I think even today, we found ourselves not only just a few months ago, probably having the same desires of the heart, crying out, Lord, I've got to change something, right? 2020, I feel like I'm losing my family. I see them, but I'm not connecting with them in a way that I want to. God, in 2020, my, my faith feels dry. I, I need to find you and spend some time with you. I feel like I'm just going through the motions. Church has become a ritual, a weekly ritual, or maybe 2.5 times a month ritual that I just get into and do over and over. Lord, I'm just dying on the vine. I, I need help in my priorities and the pace of my life. I need a change. I need to be freed right from the bondage that I'm experiencing. For many of us, five months ago, or even four months ago, that was the cry of our heart. Then the new normal walks into the camp. COVID-19, or in this context, I should say Moses walks into the camp. After 400 years of slavery, the Israelites stand at this moment at the edge of the Red Sea. They can feel the waters lapping up on the shores. They can all of a sudden feel the sands of deliverance from the desert that's running between their toes. And here they are in the moment. The new normal awaits them. It's only two feet of obedience away if they'll just take the step forward. But in that moment, right, because they're people just like you and I, they reach back for what is familiar, to what is known, to what is normal. You see, the problem with the nation of Israel at this point in the story when we find them is this. The problem is they have been in Egypt too long. Their thinking, their perspective, the way they have viewed their world has been so ingrained, it is now ingrained generationally. They have been in the context of Egypt too long that they are now beginning to think like slaves thinks. They've been in Egypt too long. It's now their new normal question for us today is, friends, are there places in our lives where we have been in Egypt too long? Have we accepted somebody else's definition for us what is normal in our lives? Have we become so dependent on the approval of others? Have we become so reliant on the government for our provision and our daily sustenance? Has our self-worth become so wrapped up in our ability to produce our pace and our positions? Here's the question in this season. When this kind of thing happens, have you found yourself shaken to the very core? You see, when you begin to think like somebody who's been in Egypt too long, these kind of unsettling moments create an unrest. If you're finding yourself in your own heart at that moment, can I can just propose to you this morning to contemplate this. 
have you been in Egypt too long in your thinking? Has it become the new normal in your life? See, the problem with the nation of Israel was this. The problem with the Israelites was not getting them out of Egypt. It was getting Egypt out of them. Isn't this true? Physical deliverance is easy. Spiritual deliverance is where the work is. It's getting the Egypt out of them. That's where we find ourselves today in, in this context. For 40 years, the nation of Israel had wandered in the desert. And during that time, they didn't need to be delivered out of the desert. They needed to be delivered while being in the desert. Why? There was something God had to do in them in that moment before they could get out and experience the next thing. So how do we do that? How do we get the Egypt out of our lives and out of our hearts? Well, we're going to find the truth in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we see this. Two keys. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. A couple key concepts that are in contrast, right? Don't copy and then let God transform so the deal is this, when we copy the thinking of the world, we are letting the outside direct the inside. But when we're transformed by the thinking of God, then the inside is directing the outside. You see the contrast? And this is what God is calling us. The challenge to the nation of Israel is this, that you need to quit copying the thinking of Egypt and be transformed, what, by the thinking of God. You see, for 400 years, they were enslaved by a master who was never intended to ever be their master. This master was the one that was determining their agenda, their purpose, their meaning. He was directing them in all these things, a master, again, that was never intended to ever lead them in such a way. They were copying. They were being enslaved, what, by the thinking of this world. And my fear is some of us have fallen into that same trap, consciously or, or unconsciously. We're copying. We've allowed the external to direct the internal. We've allowed our circumstances to determine our, our, our joy. We're, we're finding our worth and our value and our ability to make bricks. Our calendars and our kids are running our lives. Our, our faith is convenient and, and, our weak, and our witness is weak. We've fallen into the idea of church just becoming a ritual that we go to and all of these things, what has become the new normal because it's predictable and it's easy. We begin to say things, well, this is just how we do things in Egypt, right? This is just how life is. And my fear is because I know me and maybe I know you, that once everything in our country opens up again, if we are not careful, we're gonna simply return to making bricks. We're gonna return to the normal. But God wants more for me than that and God wants more for you than that. Now catch the difference. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. God doesn't need you to make bricks. And in this season, COVID-19 has really created an opportunity for you and I to create a new normal in our lives and in the lives of our family. To not simply get out of Egypt, but to get Egypt out of us during this time. And so today, the challenge really is, are there places in your life that Egypt is clinging to your heart? Are there places in your life where you are copying the thinking of the world? If there are, this is the moment to ask God to transform your thinking, 
God, let me acknowledge and confess these are the thinkings of Egypt that are molding and shaping me. God, I want to acknowledge, I'm asking you to change and transform me from the inside out in such a powerful way. That's where we're going to be heading over the next few weeks, trying to figure out how we can live in this new normal, how we can not just leave Egypt, but get Egypt out of each one of us. Let's pray together. Father, today, as we take the challenge of being transformed by your thinking, God, as we allow this moment in time for your spirit to mold us and change us, may we have the courage to think about things in a new way. May we have the courage to look inside to ask God, what do you need to change in us? So God, remind us today that the goal is not to be delivered from the desert, but it's to be delivered in the desert. Lord, we love you and ask over these next few weeks, you'll do a great work in us and through us. In your name, amen. Our staff team has been cleaning our building regularly and thoughtfully planning for reopening. Our goal is to give you and your family an excellent, safe, and touchless experience from parking lot to parking lot. As you can see, I have a mask in my hand, and I will be wearing this mask anytime I'm not on stage or recording a video like this. We are encouraging anyone who is attending in person to wear a mask on campus. We have lots of masks here on site available for you if you do not already have one. Our parking and host team will be waving to you from a distance and every door from your car all the way to your seat will be already be open for you. Practicing social distancing is key. Every family group needs to keep at least six feet away from other people at all times. Just like Scott and I here. This is Scott, our facility director who's been heading up our safety plan here on campus. Hey church, we have lots of important safety measures we've been putting into place. We have lots of hand sanitizer. Oh. We have lots of open doors. And a huge auditorium! Our rows are three feet apart, so we will close off every other row and alternate open rows for each Sunday service, so you don't have to sit your butt in a seat that someone else sat in 30 minutes before you. Family groups are encouraged to sit on the ends of the aisles and always keep at least three seats between your family group and the next. Thanks, Scott. Air five. We love being together as a community, but in this season, we are going to clean and sanitize services before and after every service, so we will need you to exit the building at the end of the service. The services will be under 60 minutes and be a family service which for us means we will not be offering Kid City on campus or any childcare facilities at this time. You can head to lexity.info and click on Campus Reopening for more information and a bunch of FAQs. We will continue to provide an incredible experience online and in person so you can worship with us from wherever you are. Although we are excited to have people back on our campus, we want to encourage everyone to join us online at lexity.tv. If you or someone in your family is part of the vulnerable population we are striving to protect. Again, we want to give you and your family an excellent, safe, and touchless experience from parking lot to parking lot. We look forward to worshiping with you online or in person starting Thursday, May 21st at 7 p.m. for our early weekend service or Sunday, May 24th at 10 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. See you soon. Thanks again for joining us today at LexCity.tv. For more info on our campus reopening next week, visit LexCity.info and click on Campus Reopening. We look forward to seeing you right back here online at lexity.tv. And when you're ready, we'll see you back on campus. We'll be keeping a seat clean and safe just for you. 
Again, we are reopening on Thursday, May 21st for our early weekend service in the main auditorium. As we learn this new normal, we want you to stay informed, so make sure you're following all of our social media platforms at Lex City Church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.